Up next, the news you can use from YAA. It's your 30-minute fix for all your car questions, industry news, and tips you can use when buying your next vehicle. We're your hosts, Ray and Zach Shevska, the founders of YAA. We're here every weekday, live at noon Eastern. Check us out at joinyaa.com. Come on, get in! It's Wednesday, November 17th, and it's noon with news that you can use from YAA with your friends, Zach and Ray. Uh, Zach, how the hell are you today? I'm doing great, Pops. How are you yeah. doing? I don't know. You, you You look a little winded. You look like you just ran like a half marathon or something. I did not. I did not. Justice is in the house. Steven's in the house. Igor, thanks for being here. Jordan's here. VJ, Bunkmaster Flex. Oh, Love my it. God. Yeah. So happy to have found a one-owner 2006 Lexus ES330 with only 50,000 miles on all service records. Bought it for 10,000 cash. Kept me out of the insane deal. Wow, that sounds that sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. Did did, did you did, did was it a carjacking or? A... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how'd you get it for just the 10,000? Yeah. So, pops, we've got quite a few different stories that we're going to cover today. Pretty pretty uh pretty good uh list. If you don't if you if I can say so myself we've got apparently you're having a difficult time saying that but yes (laughs) we've got an update on the part shortage want to kind of touch on that a little bit we're also going to touch touch on the used car market give an update there we have the lucid air winning the motor trend 2022 car of the year get your take on that the toyota bz4x coming to the united states in springtime next year was just announced at the la auto show going to get your take on that as well and Stellantis pops. They can't stay out of the news, but not necessarily for all the right reasons. 250,000 Ram pickup trucks, heavy-duty pickup trucks have been recalled. I was thinking we could touch on that a little bit as well. How's that sound? sound sounds like a uh, a plan to me, buddy. You know, I'm, I'm just along for the ride. Hey, I like the way that sounds. Kick things off with the part shortage here, pops. Nice big Polestar ad uh, on this Bloomberg article. Yes. So we've been talking a lot, and we're going to dive into the used car market update. We've been talking a lot about used car prices, how they've gone up because of the new car shortage. We actually interviewed last night, and the video should be out hopefully sometime this week. We interviewed the car care nut, AMD, and we talked a little bit with him about the part shortage and what he's experiencing. Did you get a chance to read this article, Pops, and, and what's your take on what's going on out there? Uh, I did not. I do apologize. But but you know, from having had the conversation with with AMD, I mean, I know for a fact, and and with uh, some text messages with Igor and others, that there is a, a part shortage and a part supply issues, um, and that oftentimes the dealers have no idea as to what the ETA is going to be for any of these parts that are uh, that they need for their customers' cars or sometimes stock units. Um, you know, when when they show up, they show up and everybody's happy. And if they don't show up, well, they don't show up and everybody has to make phone calls to those who have been waiting. And wasn't it, I think it was AMD last night, talking about insurance companies that aren't approving for jobs to get done because they don't want to just, you know, have the car sitting there for 30, 60, 90 days. Like that's becoming more and more of a common occurrence. Yes. And, and you know, the other issue with that is that, you know, most people's automobile insurance, if they have an accident, typically people have signed up for 30 days worth of, uh, of rental car coverage so that they can get a rental car for the 30 days that they're waiting their car to be fixed. Well, if the, if the uh, collision repair centers can't get the parts, 
um, you know, and it takes 60, 90 days to, to get the parts, uh, and your insurance company is only going to pay for 30 days worth of rental. Um, I don't know what you're doing uh, for the other two months that they're waiting for parts. And then you have to realize hmm. that uh, just, just because once they get the parts, it doesn't mean the job gets done instantly. Uh, typically, the rule of thumb is it's one week for every $1,000 worth of, of repairs. So um, there could be some issues. We were talking again, we were at last night interviewing uh, AMD from the car care nut. And he was telling us stories about essentially people were coming in with pretty much the insurance company would total the car. And they, and typically what someone on the service side does then is you take that customer over to the sales side and you say, okay, let's see if we can get a solution here. Let's find you a new car. And he was mentioning, was it a Toyota Camry that had like $7,000 in flood damage or something like yes. that? And yes. the owner went over to the sales department, came back and said, cool, I authorize it. Let's spend the $7,000 to repair this car. Issue is to get all the parts you need to repair the car still <laughs> takes time. There was a story from the Bloomberg article, Dad. It reads, in the Philadelphia suburbs, Lisa Matlock's Nissan Sentra got flooded when Hurricane Ida pummeled the Northeast in early September, leaving the interior soggy and reeking, a, a soggy and reeking mess. The quote here is, I can't begin to tell you what the smell was like, Matlock said. Unable to find replacement carpeting, the mechanics at Colquette Technical Services in Lansdale, Pennsylvania, did the next best thing. They ripped out the existing carpet, had it professionally cleaned, and put it back in. Ooh. How'd that smell? <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's a bit indicative of, obviously, how severe the shortage actually is in terms and, of parts. And, and it's, not, it's not just a chip shortage, okay? It, it is a, a multiple supply chain shortage on many different levels it's not just chips um and i don't know what the reason is for these uh, various and assorted issues but but they've reared their ugly head and uh, it's it's making life difficult for both dealerships collision repair shops and well hell the customers that are trying to get their cars fixed 100 percent, pops 100 yeah. percent well, All that's right. what I aim for is 100%. <laughs> so let's turn to uh, let's turn to the used car market and what's going on there. I'm going to share just my Just between screen. me and you, I read that article. Okay, I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. um, so back on automotive news, we have used vehicle prices reach record in October, J.D. Power says. And then back on the YAA website, although I got to figure out why it says video unavailable, but we'll do that later. We've updated this week with the latest Black Book data here as well. We're up to a 47% increase so far in 2021. If you're playing along at home, last week was a 46% increase uh, from year to date. On the wholesale side, we're up to a 47%. The JD Power data was interesting as well. They show uh, retail prices are up 37% uh, than this time last year. So, so that would indicate to me, I'm not real good at math, as you know, but if wholesale prices are up 37%. No, no, wholesale 47. 47%, excuse me. And retail prices are only up 37%. Uh, that means somewhere along the line that the retail pricing is lagging behind wholesale pricing a little bit. Which um, is what we've traditionally seen. Um, yeah. So um, if, if, if we could extrapolate out from that, um, that would indicate to me that used car prices have to continue to rise on the retail side um, for the uh, near term. Um, and, since retail prices are usually about six weeks uh, behind wholesale pricing. 
and we're starting to see uh let me let me share my screen here in just a second here we go let me click that also someone said the twitch stream went down pops that makes me very sad I hope oh it came my back god up. you know so back on uh, the YA website where we have the wholesale and retail uh, market update from BlackBook, this chart actually shows you the used retail listing volume. And you can see it's down to the lowest level it's been this year, purple lines this year. We're at about 15% less inventory listed for sale retail than we were at the beginning of the year. And if I scroll down, we actually have the sales data, the sales rate at the auction. So what's going on at the auction? Well, sales rates went down week over week. And what we're seeing here, the justification for this, let me zoom back out. Here we go. This is because sellers are continuing to raise floor prices. And, and, what, that, and what that means, that's the minimum amount a seller is willing to accept at the auction for that car. And if nobody bids up to that minimum amount, then that car doesn't get sold. And this is happening even on damaged and low quality vehicles. Buyers have some hesitation since demand is unknown and parts for repairs are largely unavailable. That's exactly what's happening. You don't have parts to fulfill the parts shortage because the parts you have uh, vehicles going to the auction that desperately need repairs. And AMD was talking about this a little bit as well. You know, like if a vehicle needs a lot of work, Typically, what a dealership would do on a trade-in or something like that is they would just send it to auction. Yes. He was actually saying the opposite. He's saying he just did an engine out on a Ford Taurus recently. And he works at a Toyota dealership because it's all they got their hands on. So it's interesting. What cars are making it to the auction? Who knows? Are they in good condition? No. Are people asking an arm and a leg for him? Yes. Typically, if a, if a new car dealership is taking pre-owned cars to the auction, uh, cars that they traded in. Well, the reason they're taking them to the sale is because when they did an inspection, the amount of reconditioning that was needed was much more than what the used car manager was comfortable spending. So the nice cars that dealerships trade, they don't go to the sale. They don't go to the auction. It's the cars they don't want to keep, the cars that don't meet minimum standards for that dealership, that they're the ones that they send to the sales. Um, and so anybody buying those cars has to know that this isn't the cream of the crop. This is the, the, the crap of the crop. Um, and, and, you know, buyer beware. 100%. No, 100%. And Igor is saying here in the chat, I'm not seeing any downhill wholesale prices at auctions, Zach. People who write those articles aren't in touch with reality. What we're seeing a, a downhill slide on is the number of vehicles listed for sale. Used cars yes. listed for sale. Uh, prices, wholesale and retail prices are continuing to go up. That's 100% what we're seeing. Also, Pops, we have a comment here from D Boots. He says, Ray is my father. Well, you know, I have apparently I have to be somebody's father. Um, I, I don't really have to be, but I am so glad to be D Boots's father and Pops. yours and your sisters. There are currently 38 of us here with you and me. So that makes it 40 total. You remember what I was going to show you before we hopped on that uh, that I couldn't show you because it wasn't working? Well, now it's working. Can I show you? Oh, so you're going to share it with the 38 people? Yeah, this is wonderful. And then right. maybe this will be so impressive, they'll share it with each No, no, no. Don't those... share it with anyone yet. It's not ready yet. Oh, this is oh, on shit. like, no, no, no don't sorry. share it yet. Yeah. Um, so let's actually put this to the test. So like we have our listings where you can start your car shopping. Uh, hopefully in like two weeks. It's very buggy right now. But name name a car, Dad. I want to see how much inventory is out there. Name a used uh, car. A mini 
Clubman. Mini Clubman. Okay. All right. Let's see here. Bum, 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 bum. See, it's a little buggy, a little gimmicky. So hang with me here. There are. Um, this is the zip code I'm in. There are 18 mini clubmans near me total that are for sale. One's been on the lot for 137 days, which is fascinating. Wow. Well, what's, what's your zip code? 08406. Uh, see if this works. Yeah, my guess oh, is there wouldn't, work. Oh. there wouldn't be a lot only because, uh, well, there's no mini dealers near me. 12. We got 12. So, yeah, okay. there's just not a lot of inventory out there. One of the cool things that I'm proud of, advertised price, total price. You can thank us for letting you know what the actual price is going to be, but yeah. this is this is a perfect example of how limited inventory is right now, and you can you're starting to see it even in like you know our own listings that we're pulling together. Well, that's going to be exciting when that's completely up and running, and and people will be able to see what the asking price is and what the estimated total price should be, including all fees. 100%. Assuming assuming that there aren't any hidden uh, price adjustments to the car that the dealer hasn't mentioned. So let's talk about a vehicle that now is going to be harder to come by on the used market, Pop. Stellantis recalls nearly a quarter of a million Ram heavy-duty diesel trucks over fuel pump failures. 2019 and 2020 Ram heavy-duty trucks are affected. This is the 2,500, 3,500, 4,500, and 5,500 trucks. All of them potentially have some fuel pump issues and it's a voluntary recall, but it's affecting a quarter of a million Ram trucks out there. This is not good for used vehicle inventory. Not at and, all. And, and, and I believe the issue could be that the car will either stall or they won't start. Yes. And there were like metal pieces, shavings that could get into the uh, components of the vehicle from the fuel pump, which is not good. Oh, that, you know, if that <laughs> makes its way into the engine, then, then you're, re you're replacing your more than a fuel pump. Exactly. And that's the big concern here. Yes. Igor mentioning in the chat worth bringing up cars at auction are either brand new, like under a thousand miles and way above MSRP or beaters that belong at buy here, pay here lots, ba barely anything on uh, in between that's decent. That reminds wow. me of what Nima dad, uh, the gentleman from California said. Yeah, he said uh, it's you know mostly crap at the sale, and everybody's paying way over retail to get it. Or used car used car wholesalers are going in the new car dealerships, buying cars at the MSRP and even sometimes the inflated price, and then turning around and just taking them to the auction with no miles on them and selling them for more at the auction than what they just paid for them at the dealership. Yep, yep, yeah, which is which is craziness. Um, it, it is a form of insanity in, of which I have never seen before. And back to the Ram uh, um, uh, recall. So FCA so far, which is now obviously Stellantis, over 6,000 warranty claims against this already. Um, and they're not going to be alerting their customers until January 1st. So you heard it here first. Uh, okay. There's 605,000 trucks that are potentially affected by this um, for or at least that was for the preliminary evaluation and the quarter of a million that have now the voluntary recall associated with them. Well, uh, bless their hearts for making it a voluntary recall and stepping up and, and starting to make arrangements to take care of it. Um, but rest assured, voluntary means that, that the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration um, found an issue. And they basically said to Stellantis, you can either do this on your own and you can call it a voluntary recall or we're going to make it a mandatory one. Which would you prefer? Um, 
And for public relations reasons, uh, manufacturers go, oh, you know what? We'll, we'll do the voluntary recall. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, which makes sense. You can you can kind of hopefully play it off a little bit better. But obviously, if there's over six thousand warranty claims already against this, you know it's an issue. Yes, and and they know it's an issue. And you know these are just things that that this is why, and and I mean this in in the nicest way. This is why manufacturers offer warranties on their vehicles because they 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 think that everything that they have put together in the way it's engineered will work the way it's intended to. But they realize that many times they don't. And they want to protect the customer for when that happens. And and the actuaries within the manufacturers, you know, figure out exactly how much money they should anticipate to spend on recalls and things of that nature and warranty repairs um, based on past histories. But, you know, th that's the reason you have a warranty. There's just too many moving parts and too many things that could potentially go wrong. And, and at least God bless Stellantis and every other manufacturer out there that, you know, when forced to, they're doing the right things. So let's talk about some of those other manufacturers out there, Pops, who may or may not run into issues of their own. We have the 2022 Motor Trend Car of the Year. It just so happened to be Lucid Air. Let's run through what the finalists for the award were. The uh, I believe the Honda Civic was on there. 2022 Honda Civic, 2021 yes. Hyundai Elantra, the 2022 Lucid Air, which we'll talk about in just a moment here. The Mercedes-Benz S-Class, which I saw one on the street yesterday. Holy, holy cow, those things are nice looking. Yeah. Um, it was the S580. I didn't even know that was a thing. The EQ, EQS, which is the new electric Mercedes-Benz. The Porsche Taycan, which I don't know if you saw Porsche's sales numbers, dads, outsold the 911 globally and far surpassed their North America sales expectations. So the Taycan's doing great. Wow. And the Toyota GR86. We have, though, the winner, which was the Lucid Air. This article from Motor Trend is just, like, incredibly high on this vehicle. Did you get a chance to, to do your research on Lucid Pops, and what's your take? Well, I did read the article, and the amount of horsepower and torque is, uh, I mean, it's 1,111 horsepower, and what was it, 1,390 pound-feet of torque. Um, you know, that, that, would, that would pull a boat that's sunken a hundred feet out of the, out of the damn water. I mean, that's, that's a lot of torque. Um, and, and, uh, you know, they were just very effusive in their praise for the lucid air. Now bear in mind that, um, the one that won car of the year, I believe has a, a list price of 160 plus thousand dollars. So this is not an inexpensive car. Um, you know, they compared it in many ways to the S-Class Mercedes-Benz, um, which is, uh, you know, uh, quite the standard to match up against. Um, but everything that they were saying about it, it just sounds absolutely amazing as to, as to the build and the engineering behind it. And it just, it's pretty fascinating. Really is. Brian here in the chat says, car of the year with only a few cars on the road. What a joke. Pops, I have an update on Rivian. Rivian. Rivian? Rivian. Rivian. Yeah. The third, they are the third 
highest valued automaker in the world. Okay. Well, you know, the future, as somebody once said, probably doesn't include me, but the future, as somebody once said, is electric. You know, you can you can blame Thomas Edison for this. The future <laughs> is electric. Okay. And and whether I like it or not, um, you know, obviously, as you have reminded me, the stock market is future looking. Um, and they see the futures being electric, and they see this particular company with the number of orders that they already have on hand as uh, perhaps um, the leading electric truck manufacturer to come. And I just find it fascinating with Brian's quite, you know comment about how they have so few cars on the road, which is true, and Rivian does as well. But the praise is effusive, um, and and it. It's got a nice award now, but they're going to put in all their marketing in the future. I'm I'm fairly well, certain. Yeah, yeah, but whether you put it in the marketing is is irrelevant. How many people can afford a hundred and sixty thousand dollar car? Uh, I mean, you know, even if it does have a five hundred and some mile range, um, who who can afford that? But you sold you sold Acuras for a long time, and it's like a Halo car, right? It's like the NSX. Uh, for okay, their brand how many eventually. NSXs did we sell? No, no, of course, of course, but like it influences styling, and it yeah, it gets a Halo car. That, that, that's all I mean. Uh, okay, well, I, I could live without a $160,000 halo, but what do I know? Pops, on the electric front, this is actually fascinating. So right now, live on Automotive News, there's an alert going on for Hyundai introduces the 7 EV concept at the LA Auto Show. We're going to actually focus on what was announced yesterday, so I'll close on out of that. The 2022 Toyota BZ4X yeah. to arrive and, in the US. Do you know what the BC nomenclature stands for? Did you say BC or BZ? BZ. Yeah. What's it stand for? Beyond zero. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that I don't know how you get beyond zero emissions, <laughs> but but apparently Toyota's going to figure out a way. I mean, this looks like it looks like a Toyota. It looks like an ID four. It kind of does look like the ID four. Yeah, the grill, no grill, which is well, which they is don't always need a grill. I mean, I know, grills, I know. Yeah. It's also coming with advanced uh, software components as well. So all of the safety features that you would expect out of like your Tesla Model Y, they're now going to be similar features here on the Toyota BZ4X. Man, it's going to take a while to, to get that name down. And it, an optional all-wheel drive version is available that leverages one of Subaru's systems, their X-Mode system that's coming out now with um, a rear-mounted battery um, as well as the, the existing battery that was already in there. So fascinating to see that Toyota is getting into the game and they're saying that their battery will have 90% of its power left after 10 years. These are some pretty substantial claims coming out of Toyota. Well, I can tell you after 70 years, I've got about 70% of my battery left. <laughs> that sounds pretty good, Bob. So I'm, I'm, I think I'm proud so. of you for that. You know, for, for an older guy, yeah. I think we're going to hear more headlines out of the LA Auto Show over the next few days, more electric cars, more more progressive things. Porsche announced their Taycan, Taycan the uh, GTS options of those, which look sweet. They look incredible. And so I'm telling more. you right now, if we're, if we're going to um, attend an auto show in the future, and I think we should, um, I, I want us to put on the agenda for next year that we go to the LA show because, you know, I, I don't. I don't really want to go to Washington, D.C. or Philadelphia. I haven't been to L.A. in quite some time. We can make that happen, Pops. We can make that happen. I think that'd be yeah. quite fun. Yes, yes. You know, maybe we could run into Jay Leno and, and interview him. <laughs>
<laughs> I mean, yes, my fingers are crossed. I think that would be fantastic if we're able to do that. Yes. <laughs> I would settle for like a Jay Leno lookalike between you and me. Uh, we can probably find one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Igor in the chat saying that's evolutionary if it's going to work for Toyota. Absolutely. Uh, this is a huge step for the brand. They had been pretty stagnant in moving into a, into the EV space. They were doing work with other types of alternative fuels. This is their real push into EV, and I, I bet you it works. I mean, it's Toyota. People are fanatical about Toyotas. Yes, yes. Um, you know, they, they've tried mightily to... Uh, to stick with hybrids and things like like that. And they really haven't expressed the same desire to get into the electric vehicle uh, front as much as others. But I think they've come to the realization that as, as I think the largest manufacturer in the world, um, that they can't, they can't place themselves behind the eight ball if everybody else is going in that direction. They have to go that way as well. Yep, 100%, 100%. Pops, I want to uh, talk, touch on, excuse me, the SUV of the year. That was Motor Trends SUV of the year. If I'm not mistaken, was that the GV70 or the GV80? Uh, I thought it was the GV70, wasn't it? I think it was the GV70. We very recently, and by very recently, I mean five hours ago, back okay, on the that, YAA. That, that's pretty recent. Back on the community forum, under success stories, retirement car achievement unlocked. Mind if I walk you through this success story? Well, since uh, you're just springing it on me now, go right ahead. So here's the deal. Really, really, really hard time to buy a car. Can still get a fair deal. TJ is a good example of that. Good day. I joined YAA a couple of months ago after binge watching YouTube videos. I was in the fortunate position that I had a newer car, a 2021 Kia Seltos XX. SX, excuse me, with about 4,300 miles on it, but I'm retiring in three months and well, I decided I want a really nice vehicle for retirement. Of course, since I had a new vehicle, I had all the power. If I didn't feel like I was getting a fair deal with today's market in mind, I would just walk away. After researching various makes models, I settled on the GV70 and was being picky. I knew what trim and interior color I wanted, red, and really wasn't going to settle. The exterior color I was a bit more flexible on, which considering the car shortage issue was a good thing. Anyway, after looking for a bit and running so many car reports on YAA, I decided to factory order one at one of our local Genesis dealers. A side note here, dealerships are becoming less and less inclined to trade with other dealerships, and I even had one dealership in Florida refuse to sell to an out-of-state resident. It's a weird, weird world we live in right now. After placing the order, I noticed another local dealership had a GV70 that matched what I wanted, so I decided to just go down and take a look at it because why not? I didn't have to buy it. We noticed that the dealer had installed paint protection film, tint, and other, quote, goodies to the tune of $6,000 in addition to the MSRP. The good news, the price was actually for something that would benefit, um, the price was actually for something that would benefit the car. The bad news, $6,000? You've got to be kidding me. And that's pretty much exactly what I told the salesman. To my surprise, unlike every other dealership we visited recently, he actually said, well, make me an offer. Everyone else said, yeah, the market is rough right now. And that was that. I told him it was less about my offer and more about the OTD price, and I wasn't failing, uh, falling for the make me an offer game, but we agreed to go in and talk to him. I should, it should be mentioned that prior to going here, I had run Vroom and Carvana quotes as well as the market report from BlackBook on uh, the vehicle. So I went in equipped with knowing my vehicle value and a good out-the-door price for their vehicle without the $6,000 in goodies. During initial conversations, I let him know that I was uh, that it was a dealer's market, but I wanted to see what they uh, what they could do in that. I had another one on order and it for a and a new car, so I wasn't a needed deal for me. Okay, deep breath, deep breath. We're good. 
You got to work on your reading. He tried to say it wasn't a dealer's market and that it was just about the car shortage. I let him know in no uncertain terms that I was well aware of the fact that dealerships were making record profits right now. And that point wasn't going up to be up for debate. That squashed that part of the conversation. Mentally, I had adjusted to the out the door price from the YA market reports from uh, about 3000 to account for me paying for 50% of the packages they had installed. I figured that would be fair and likely closer to the actual value of the packages. First out the door they showed me uh, is about 5000 too high, and I let him know that. They had lowballed my trade, and I let him know I could sell it to Carvana for $5,000 more. He asked for proof, so I emailed him the quote. He disappeared for a bit. Another gentleman came to talk to us pleasant enough and started asking why I was looking to trade and what I didn't like about my Kia. I started to break down the differences between a dual clutch transmission and automatic and why I had personally decided I didn't like the dual clutch and especially not on an SUV. It should be noted at this point that I am a female, and yes, that's relevant because I had just broken down the inner workings of the transmission to a guy. (laughs) He stopped and said, who are you? Not in a condescending way, more of an OMG way. So I explained that I was a that I was formerly a diesel mechanic and his whole body posture changed. <laughs> we ended up talking about the shortage of mechanics, et cetera. About halfway through, he said, I'm giving you your out the door price. You've got a deal. We finish up our chat and he leaves. Original sales guy comes back and informs us that that was the general manager. Insert surprise. So then it's off to F&I. This was by far the smoothest finance and insurance experience I've ever encountered, even pre this market. The guy didn't even didn't try to upsell or tack on anything like nothing. Sure, he told me about uh, about them. But when I said I wasn't interested in adding anything, that was that. All in all, I think it was a fair. All in all, it was a fair for today's market purchase. I know they made a profit and I didn't pay over MS and I did pay over MSRP, but it was for an actual for actual beneficial items and not just to line a wallet. And we split the retail price for those items. So now I have my retirement baby. Wow. I know that took me a while, gang, but that that was a that was a worthy read. Yes, and that that is one good looking vehicle. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that. It's pretty awesome. So knowing, going in knowledgeable, knowing to talk about the out the door price and the way that she flexed her muscle, you know, especially as a woman uh, going yes. into this process and in this market, it's really awesome to see that you can still, you know, negotiate a fair car deal. Yeah. And it all boils down to applied knowledge is power. So we'll share as much knowledge as we can with you between the F&I goddess and myself and others on the team. Um, and you have to then apply that knowledge that's been shared with you um, at the dealership level um, to advocate for yourself when you're looking to purchase uh, that newer used vehicle. And it's pretty awesome to see when that actually goes about and is is successful here we go from kevin we've got yeah buddy thanks for the info and updates 100 percent. and pops yeah. i gotta get you into the forum i want to see a ray Shevska stamp of approval later oh uh, uh yes absolutely and and if i may it really does validate why it is we do what we do and why it is we even started the company um you know we just we've always said it from the beginning we just want to try and level the playing field we're not saying that dealers shouldn't make money we're just saying that the process is somewhat broken and shouldn't be based solely very on broken tr- and shouldn't be based solely on trying to take advantage of the person who wants to spend their money with the dealership all right final little like demo here for listings again we're maybe like two weeks out but i'm able to start testing it i can actually see used vehicles 
I can see certified pre-owned vehicles. I can see new vehicles. You know, this is kind of nice, Pops. You can see that total price. Yes. It's getting there, man. It's getting there. Slow and steady. Slow yes. and steady. Days on market, I could sort it by price, highest to lowest. Like, kudos to the team. They're making a yeah, lot of progress they're, here. They're doing a good job. And, um, uh, you know, pass my uh, my compliments on to them for the work that they're doing in such a short period of time um, in order to bring this to uh, to market. Um, you know, it's it's our way of of um, of differentiating how listings should be. We are not here to sell any of your information to anybody, to any dealership. It is strictly information for you, not for the dealer. 100% pops, 100%. All right, let's call it a day. We'll see you again here tomorrow. What time do we go live? Uh, I believe it's noon east, nine west. News you can list. use Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Um, uh, those are the three Day, I know. No, those, that, 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 that joke was good for the first week. I, I haven't used it in a while. All right. You know, we have we we might have a whole new audience that never heard it before. Tech, check us out on J Date. Final, final, <laughs> famous last words. <laughs> Love you, Pops. Love you too, honey. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks everyone for being there. See you guys. Bye bye. Join us again next time, which is probably tomorrow, to get the news you can use from YAA. YAA is your trusted source for all things auto. Thanks for listening. See you soon.